I just got inspired by people building from nothing, really, very leanly, just from an idea, getting traction. With advancements in AI and just the rise in popularity with Twitter and Twitter threads, popularity of TikTok, I think it's a perfect storm to make something like this. The message people put out on Twitter is not only limited to people on Twitter. I think it can reach a far bigger audience and have the same effect on a far bigger audience. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ship It and Sip It. I'm excited to have another Nano founder in the studio today with me. Welcome to the show, Andy from Fudgify.ai. How are you doing today? I'm, re- I'm good, uh, John. Thank you for having me on the Ship It and Sip It podcast. Excited to be here. Fantastic. Well, I'm excited to talk about Fudgeify. We had a little bit of a meeting many weeks ago when you were in the Nano Grit Challenge, and we discussed some of the challenges with content creation between Twitter and TikTok. And what I do here on the podcast, it was really helpful for me. So I'm glad to share your insights with the wider community. So tell us, what is Fudgeify? Yeah, so Fudgeify is an app that transforms tweets into viral TikTok videos using AI. Fantastic. All right. It's, it looks quite simple as a premise and as, as a MVP. There's just one thing you're going to do, which is always a good idea. So yeah. what inspired you to build this product and why now? So I came across the Build and Public community on Twitter, just scrolling through tr- Twitter, and it was a suggested, um, one of the suggested tweets. And I just got inspired by people building from nothing, really, very leanly, just from an idea, getting traction and accomplishing what they set out to. That was very inspiring to get me started. And why now? I think um, the with advancements in AI and just the rise in popularity with Twitter and Twitter threads, popularity of TikTok. I think it's a perfect storm to make something like this. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, I guess we can dive into TikTok a little bit because uh, I understand as I see it, Twitter is very popular with founders, build in public, all that stuff, the same thing that attracted you to our community. Uh, But why do you think it's important for those creators on Twitter to also be present on uh, TikTok and creating content there? I think because the message people put out on Twitter is not only limited to people on Twitter. I think it can reach a far bigger audience and have the same effect on a far bigger audience. For example, there's a lot of fitness coaches on Twitter. They put out seven tweet threads about how to eat better how to lose fat how to be how to um, improve your heart health all of that type of stuff and i think that could definitely help anyone not just people on twitter so that's just an example but for sure the messaging on twitter can be applied everywhere all right and you've talked to quite a few people including myself throughout the nano grit challenge uh what ways did those conversations shape uh, your vision for Fudgeify or validate the idea that you had? So initially I had very early conversations with some of the creators like fitness coaches and they just told me about um, their process of, of making video on, on TikTok. They hire editors and they get charged quite a lot of money to do so. 
I think it's just limiting people's growth. So it def that definitely validated the idea very early on. Um, and I just kept talking to more people and slowly and surely it just seemed like a good idea. Right on. And were there any other ways that NanoGrit really helped you to move the idea forward? Yeah, definitely. I think the NanoGrit challenge um, made me, it held me accountable for sure. And that was very important for getting to a stage where I am now with a, a wait list and an app in production. Um, being held accountable is important, especially when you're starting out with like a new account. I had very few followers and it just uh, in turn motivated me to keep keep moving because I saw the growth in those 30 days. I also think having a presentation and a demo day at the end of the NanoGrid challenge was, was great uh, motivator because now you could suddenly just um, pitch to potential investors and it, it just keeps you on your feet and iterating and yeah, working hard. Yeah, I caught the, the pitch you gave during demo day. I didn't catch all of them, but I caught yours. And I thought the question that uh, the guest investor asked you was really impactful because he straight up said, I'm your target audience. <laughs> so that, that must mean a lot to you as the founder, right? It definitely did. Um, yeah, he, he was asking about how, how do we make video more personal with AI? And it just got me thinking even more, how, how can we make Fudgify the best app for our users? So it's people like like him on Twitter, actual users that I can speak to that can really propel the app forward. For sure. And I'm curious, I guess, uh, since this is a, a video creation app, do you have a, a long history of, of making TikTok style videos or is did you come from some other industry? So not necessarily. I've definitely been an avid video videographer, uh, taking videos of a lot of things. I, I enjoy the process, making short films with friends, things like that. But nothing TikTok format. I have been a user of TikTok for a while since lockdown, unfortunately, it made me very addicted. But um, yeah, I think anyone can really get into it. And it's just an exciting space to be in, for sure. Very cool. Uh, so we talked a little bit about the progress in NanoGrit. And I'm curious now, what is your goal for the bootcamp stage? Yeah, so in the bootcamp, I really want to prove the concept. Um, I want to have early adopters talking about it and telling me how much it's possibly helping their workflow. I just want to be able to be in a position where I can take valid feedback and iterate for the next concept and have potential paid users. Fantastic. All right, we talked a little bit about your background there, but I'm curious, have you always wanted to be a startup founder or what, was there a certain moment where you said, you know, I can do this, this idea is good enough for me to sort of pour my, my effort and my passion into? Yes, um, yeah, I've always wanted to be a, a founder. From a young age, I've been fascinated by technology Apple was just starting out getting really popular around the world. I remember having access to an iPhone 3GS and it just blew me away with what it could do. Um, so 
my my love for technology and being surrounded by like situations where I felt like I could solve problems, uh, that match just led me to entrepreneurship and wanting to make things better for people. Awesome. And are there certain founders that you look up to that you aspire to emulate in some way during your founder journey? I don't have a specific person in mind, but I think recently just the building public community, having um, people such as like me and people like in the NanoGrid challenge, uh, having being surrounded by a community like that and also having people that have exited their SaaS companies after a few months, after a year, has really inspired me to keep pursuing um, the goal. So it, it's not it's not a, a person, but it's a, more so a community of people. Very cool. And I guess were there any challenges for you to to get started on the building public uh, process as a founder? Did you learn anything along the way so far? Are there any new things that you'd like to try next? I wouldn't say it was a challenge. I've I've been on Twitter for a while and different accounts, just like being uh, a private account, not following people, not tweeting, but following and understanding um, how other people get traction, all of that type of stuff. It's just very interesting to to know. What, what were the other questions you you mentioned? Uh, have you learned anything along the way as well? Yeah, yeah I've, I've just learned to be yourself, to be um, supportive of people's ambitions and uh, that can in turn help you succeed. So I've just learned to be a team player, I think, through this. Very cool. So it sounds like you're kind of in lurker mode there for a little bit. And yeah. I can identify that with that because I've yeah. been the same way on a lot of social platforms. Um, do you have any advice for other people who might be in that same spot and thinking about uh, becoming more active, posting their own content, growing their own sort of following? Yeah, I think um, the, the easiest thing is just to get started. It might be tough, but start with one tweet, start with the next. I think have a plan of what you're going to do with your account. Um, if you don't have a plan, I think it might be hard to get motivation to and content to keep posting. So before you head off on the journey, just um, make some goals for yourself of what you actually want this to become. So yeah, I think that's a good place to start. And maybe just be on Twitter for a bit to get an understanding of how it works, how what people say, what works, what doesn't work, what threads you should write. Maybe you might see a gap in gap in the market gap in the twitter stream uh something you could bring something a unique take that you could bring to it for sure totally agree and if anybody that's watching needs more inspiration for how to create their content uh just scroll back into our old episodes i did a great interview with uh lena our, our social media and copywriter from our team here at parallel and she's been helping founders in the nano grit and boot camp yeah. Uh, process to find their own voice and to, to start doing this for themselves. Uh, let's stick with this theme, though, because you mentioned in a tweet uh, a couple days ago mm -hmm. that it's challenging to juggle personal and product accounts when you're, you're building in public. 
Uh, so did you receive any good advice about that or have you uncovered any strategies in regards to that? So I think I came to the conclusion right now that it depends on where you are as a public account. I think if you're just starting out as a public account, it will be hard to do two accounts at once. And I think part of having a public account is growing that initial audience so that you can market, well, not market to, but that you could like um, solve a potential need. So I don't think if you're early, I don't think you should be doing both. I think um, part of the success comes from having that initial brand that you could bounce ideas off of. And then it, if, if you become big, then yeah, have a second account that focuses more on the specifics. Right on. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, let's see, what was something that you used to believe strongly about startups that you've changed your mind about? Yeah, this is an interesting one because it's just this startups world is, has changed, I think, a lot. And one thing that I used to believe strongly was that, especially in tech, I thought everything was about raising money first and pitching to investors, having a business plan, having everything in, in store. And you need X amount of experience to to be even taken seriously. So I think that has changed a bit and that it's clearly not necessary to have investment on day one because you have to validate your problem and your solution first uh, to the market you're trying to reach. So that's something that I think has definitely changed my mind. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, because, especially recently, because I don't know if you saw the video of Sam Altman uh, talking at that talk he did recently, I think it was at some university, where he basically said, like, all my advice from Y Combinator days was not that great. You know, look at OpenAI. We took tons and tons of investments, built a, a product that wasn't available for years and years and years, and then launched it. So I guess it depends on the product in the space, sure. or what are your thoughts around that? I think so, too. I'm looking at it more of a build and public um, uh, frame. I think if if you have something low touch that um, can become something very intricate and big, I think it's definitely a good idea to start today and just make sure it's something people want before you set out to raise or build. Raising money doesn't mean a successful product. If you, ra if you raise a million dollars and you build an amazing product, it doesn't mean people will use it uh, if they don't have a need for it. For sure. Uh, it's, there are a lot of ways to, to success or failure as a startup founder. And recently you posted also a sort of ultimatum for Fudgeify. Uh, it's either going to burn to the ground or becomes an essential app for Twitter users. Uh, what brought you to this point? It seems very uh, polarized. Yeah. Uh, and, and why don't you think there's a middle ground there? I think it just stems from my personality mostly. I, I'm kind of an all or nothing person. Uh, I also strongly believe in it. Um, but yeah, being all or nothing, I think it comes with uh, its pluses and minuses. Uh, for sure. It's like, I, I, for example, I mean, I am trying to learn a language and 
I want to do these intense classes every day just to get through it. But I know it's about uh, that 1% better every day and trying to learn um, words and be immersed and watch shows and all of that. I, it's just, I feel like I need to commit myself to something to see its full potential. And that's why I have such a polarizing view with um, Fudgeify. Uh, yeah, that's how, how I see it. Very cool. And you mentioned language learning. We did have a founder in the first version of the bootcamp who was working on a, a language learning app. Um, he's still working on it, but uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess, do you see any uh, parallels and consistency there between sort of building in public, uh, working on your startup and also learning a language? Um, I think it's about determination. So determination and consistency, for sure. There's definitely a, a parallel there. If, you, if you're not consistent with something, um, you might lose motivation to continue. So if you just every day keep going towards your goals, you can definitely get far. All right. One more question about this ultimatum, and then we'll move yeah. on a little bit. Uh -huh. uh, I guess I'm curious uh, if you have any benchmarks that you're looking for where, in the near future where you say you're on the right path towards it becoming an essential app or you're on the wrong path towards it burning to the ground. Yeah. Uh, are, there any, are, there, are there any triggers that you have in your mind where you say this is what I will look for to, to see what's happening? I think a good telltale sign would be um, looking at the content that users generate and see if they perform well on TikTok. That's the main goal of the app. So if I, if users keep creating content and um, are consistently doing it, I think that's a very good sign um, for, for its longevity. Okay. And you've also mentioned recently that you've uh, figured out three different marketing channels for the Fudgeify MVP. Uh, are you willing to, to share some ideas around what those are yet, or is that still a secret? Uh, it's a bit of a secret. I, I'm not going to lie. There are some people trying to do what we're doing, and I just don't want them getting their hands on it. I think it's a great use case, but it, it is all from the same platform, which is Twitter. It's just diff applying it to different use cases there's so many different accounts on twitter there's not just like build in public and twitter thread writers there's a bunch of different content that gets posted every day so it's it's still the same platform but yeah fair enough uh it's it's totally fair to keep it under wraps for a bit longer and i'm excited to see how it plays out when you do start rolling out the mvp uh so who do you see as the ideal early adopters who do you want to be the people using the app and giving you feedback on how to make it better? I think a good place to start is um, the build and public community might be because, well, not just anyone. I think like people with a big enough following, I'd say like five to 10,000 followers. And if they, they post consistently, they write threads about how to succeed, what they've learned, all those different um, types of content. I think the reason that I would target them as early adopters is because they know what it's like to release an MVP. It might be quite scrappy, it might not work, but they're very patient. 
and I think that I can get the best feedback from these people. So that's that's a good starting point, I think. Very cool. All right. Uh, I think that's all the questions I had. Oh, I wanted to ask you just since it's been so recently, uh, Victoria's been sharing some some of the previews uh, that she's and the team have shared with you. Uh, are, do you have any things you're really excited about when you see the MVP mockups? Well, firstly, I'm just blown away with how quickly these guys can make something great. It's It's amazing how efficient and effective they are. I mean, we started like a week ago and already it's it's nearly like in production, like uh, sent to be reviewed. It's, it's very, very um, just amazing. But I, I'm, I'm looking forward mainly to getting my hands on it and just playing around with it. Seeing an idea come to life in a product uh, as a technology-based idea, it's just, it's very exciting to um, think about that. What you thought of is now an actual application. It's just, I, I, it always gets me. I, I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, those are all the questions I have about Fudgeify. Is there anything else that you'd like the world to know about Fudgeify before we wrap up? Oh, just that Fudgeify is, is going to be something great. It's going to be the next big thing in AI video. That's what I believe in. Very cool. Awesome. I'm excited to be one of the early adopters as well and make some short videos out of the episodes that we make here. So uh, you can follow Andy at Andy is creating on Twitter. Uh, are there any other platforms you'd like people to check out? I'm just on Twitter for that. Yeah. So that would be okay. Great... And learn more about Fudgeify at uh, Fudgeify.ai. Oh, you also mentioned that you were working on some updates to the website. Is there Anything special you're going to add or when can people expect the new version to go live? Yeah, it's going to be um, a complete overhaul. I think we want, I want to release it when the app goes live. So I want to time it like that, probably by the end of the month. Um, it's just going to be a, a nice visual way to learn how it works without reading too much. It's just, it's just a very good how, how it works um, landing page, I think. Very cool. Well, keep an eye on Fudgeify.ai. Sign up for the waitlist if you're interested in getting early access to the product when it goes live. Thank you so much, Andy. I will put uh, links to everything in the show notes for this episode. And enjoy your time in the boot camp. And I wish you and the team lots of success as you build out the MVP. Thank you, John. It's been great um, talking to you today. And I'm looking forward to yeah i'm looking forward to a lot of things but um yeah thanks right on see you guys later bye